Well, it has been a turbulent start for the new coalition government. Certainly no semblance of any honeymoon period after finally taking office. A major protest was led by the Party Māori regarding many of the government's plans and King Kingi Tuhaitia has now called for a national hui next month to take that issue further. And on day one in the House yesterday, the opposition was on the attack, accusing the government of trashing New Zealand's reputation. For analysis on all of this, we are joined by former National Party advisor and party member Bridget Morton and also former Labour Party manager Shane Tepoe. Uh, Kia ora and welcome to both of you. Shane, I might start with you. Uh, Is this new government going to face this level of protest and pushback on everything they do, do you think? No, it won't won't face this level of uh, pushback and protest. Uh, It will grow in level of protest and pushback. Look, I've been to a non-political tangihana basically over the last three days. We've had uh, Komato fire um, representatives of what we call now the Kohangara generation. There is a growing uh, disquietment amongst our people, and simply we will not put up with the degradation of our real and taking away our rights as a treaty partner. This is only the beginning, Ingrid. This, we, we have seen protests before. Obviously, the foreshore and seabed was a massive movement. That was around a single issue. I mean, it was a big issue, but a single issue. So this is different, do you think? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, we've been, we've been uh, firmly told that we're going to be put back in our box and we're not going to put up with it. This is 2023. We participate in the political dialogue at a whānau hapu in EV basis as well as on the political basis. And I just think that we're going to see a movement of unity across Monaghan that we have not seen in a long, long time. Bridget, how does the new coalition government contend with that? I think they absolutely have to wrestle the narrative back. You've got to remember that this wasn't a particularly big issue during the campaign and one I think that National actually tried to move away from, obviously because of the coalition arrangements. Those two minor parties are very exercised about these issues. But for National, what they have to do is actually show that they're delivering on all of the other things that they actually campaigned on. And I think you saw a bit of that happening yesterday. Obviously, the speech from the throne set that out. Um, Luxon's uh, address and reply, um, and then of course, um, as you move into next week, when they actually start to get their legislative program through. I mean, it's not just you know race relations issues. Smoke free really blew up a lot more uh, than I imagine they anticipated, uh, and then they're also getting a, a hammering over at COP28 in terms of being New Zealand being named fossil of the week for backwards moves there. So that's that's a lot of the the narrative yeah. from the the initial days of government. Well, yes, why did the smoke-free smoke, uh, issue come up? And that's simply because uh, Winston Peters owned the, um, the tax policy and uh, so there had to be a transference in terms of, in terms of um, maintaining tax income. So what did they do? They pushed. They 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 threw out our smoke free policy that basically has fundamentally been a coherent policy through through um, national and labour led coalitions over the last twenty five years. Uh, meanwhile, two thousand one hundred. Let me say it again: two thousand one hundred Maori die of smoking related disease every day. This is a national embarrassment. I'm not talking about the party. I'm talking about the people of Aotearoa New Zealand. This is embarrassing for us all.
Bridget was uh, talking about rolling back the smoke-free legislation, a mistake? I think it was really difficult for them. I think um, possibly they didn't anticipate having such a big agenda and actually having such a big detailed coalition agreement means that they didn't have a clear line or a clear narrative when they came out of those coalition agreements. It allowed people to pick individual issues off and set that agenda. So that's the challenge, I think, going forward, is the fact that they've actually got to say, well, what exactly are we um, you know, standing up for before Christmas. I think they're trying to wrestle that back in terms of cost of living and, you know, putting that legislation through to return the Reserve Bank's mandate, I think is the first key one in that space. But without a doubt, one of the problems they've got is that they're actually simply doing too much at the moment for there to be a clear um, argument coming through. I mean, contrast this to 2017. It was all basically impossible for there to be protests against that government because you can't go out and protest a working group or a review. Lux and promised decision-making, this is the cost of being a decisive decision-maker. Yeah, and also some own goals, really, with uh, getting that number wrong in terms of the number of outlets in Northland that would be able to sell cigarettes and a leak of a cabinet paper now on the fair pay agreements. So that is adding fuel to the fire. Well, I think there's two separate issues. One, the first one is absolutely an error and an avoidable error. And I think you could see that um, in terms of how they responded, that they were very frustrated that they had done that. On the second thing, in terms of that leaking of the cabinet paper, this has no doubt come from the public service. I think there was some speculation that might come from a minister, but I think that's ridiculous. To come from the public service, I think the public service has done themselves no favours, and particularly the person that leaked it, by doing that because it actually undermines the fact that they are meant to be neutral, that they're meant to be providing high-quality staff. I think there'd be a lot in the public service that would be extremely frustrated by that, that happening. Yeah, Shane, Bridget, you, Bridget you, know, you, know how, you know how you have no evidence of that, and you should ought not to do this much in one foul sentence. But hard-working public servants throughout old Aotearoa, New Zealand, you have no evidence of that, and you and you have quick, quickly dismissed dismissed all public servants in that brief moment. No, and, and, and you ought and, and you ought to apologise. I'm saying that there's particularly individual public servants that have leaked that, and I am absolutely sure that that is what has happened. And the problem that is, you is have that no evidence. You have no evidence of we that, Richard. We have what is your evidence? public what servants ev- and they have been undermined what ev- by the behaviour of an individual. Okay, okay. I think the point being that the public service is, uh, I guess, um, on the receiving end of some of the uh, new government's uh, policies. Uh, but Shane, they were elected. So um, no, they, is they it too elected. late for all this protest now if no, they were elected no, on no, these policies, no, some of these they policies? Were, they were elected and they have the right to form a coalition and pass this legislation through uh, to, in, in certain areas in relation to redefinition of the treaty. That's a very different, a very different issue that will move to the side at this point in time. But that doesn't mean that the opposition can oppose and the people can uh, march and protest and call it all and enter into dialogue. That all of those different moving parts. Uh, are what makes democracy works. And of course, Har- democracy Har- this Har- afternoon, Har- uh, we've got question time resuming, so that will be yeah. democracy in full force there and uh, no doubt some more drama to come. Appreciate your time this morning. That is former National Party advisor and party member Bridget Morton and former Labour Party manager Shane Tepo. Kia ora to you both.